Hello. How are you doing? I'm so good. How are you? I'm great. Well, I'm very excited to talk with you because you have the courage to, to share a story that, that so many people would walk away from. It's like they, they, don't, they don't want to talk about it, but yet we need to know this because it is happening and it happened to you. It did happen to me. It's a, been a journey for sure. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you called it a journey because, you know, everybody wants to have that perfect house. We always want to have the Brady Bunch style parents. They look good. We have dinner every night. It doesn't always work that way. And it's books like this that show a true American story. Yeah. And I think to what you said earlier, I think every, I would say every family is dysfunctional to a point, right? Yeah. Everybody, every family has their stuff. But obviously there's, there's a unique situation when you have children that are removed um, from their homes because of abuse or neglect or trafficking or homelessness that, you know, maybe stay in one of our shelter programs or go into foster care, that that's uniquely dysfunctional from a point that, you know, we're stepping in and helping them as a, as a state system or as individuals like my, my mom who the book is dedicated to that, that make a decision that there's something they can do to help the life of that of that human and um it isn't it doesn't look like you described for a lot of children there are about half a million kids in the foster care system in the u.s and that is not what it looks like for them it's not about sitting around a dinner table necessarily having dinner at all it's about where do i go next who's going to take me in how long are they going to keep me right right when I was first introduced to the to, to what the foster program was, it was with one of my very good friends, and I was in the fifth grade, and th- they had to clear the way for me to go visit with him. And by the time I got to meet with him, mm-hmm. he was not the same guy. And and I just I and to this day, yeah. I still have that empty spot in my heart, going, "What happened? What happened here?" Yeah, I always say, um, my personal opinion is that the moment a child is removed and and placed in the child welfare system, their, their souls age 10 years. Oh God. So when you say he wasn't, he wasn't the same, he wasn't, he now has experienced things that many adults never experienced. Mm -hmm. He's now seen things that many adults don't experience. And the reason the book is called garbage bag girl, isn't just because every six months I moved with my stuff in a garbage bag, which was not good, but it's because more than that, it's about the mentality and the feeling and the energy we get when we view ourselves from being our souls being aged 10 years. But developmentally, by the way, we haven't, we haven't grown into that. It's very confusing that way. There's a gap within yourself um, because you, your soul is aged, right? But, you're, but developmentally, you're still that, that kiddo at that other age. And there's a conflict. And your self-worth is is changing and you do feel like a garbage bag boy or girl. And that's that's the unfortunate part of of what happens in the system oftentimes. To have the courage and the confidence to go unfiltered and being very honest. I mean, I can't imagine what it was like for you to be on that computer and, and to basically bury your soul and to bring your journey to people who need this story. It was both. It was both healing and it was incredibly difficult it was actually the most the most difficult thing i've ever done and i have birthed three children (laughs) in full disclosure um but it was it wasn't something i intended to do out of the gate when i started working for richard paul evans uh our our my book 
co-author mm-hmm. and the founder of the Christmas Box International. He had encouraged me to write it, and I was I was very nervous and very young at the time, and so he actually wrote a fictional version of my story called Finding Noel wow. that did remarkably well. And then three years ago, when I when I became executive director of the organization, he brought it up again. I encourage you to think about if it's time now. I really think this is going to help a lot of people. And it took me about a year to make that decision. I wanted my own children to be raised and out of the home and having you know their life. I wanted to feel like I did what I was supposed to do with them. And then I, I got a really great trauma therapist. I keep on speed dial. And I began the pro, a two-year process of, of writing it. And what happened and what I realized is that people that are in a, a trauma or a survival situation, no matter what, what that is for them, are, are living it and are in it and are just doing the best they can to move through it. And so when you go back and you write and you dig into your own story, for me, these incredible experiences that were both heartbreaking, heart-wrenching and valuable and needed started happening. I was mad for the first time. Yeah. I was very, very upset over what it, you know, how I was, I felt wronged in that childhood that I didn't have. But I was also um, physically reliving some of the experiences. I was, I was, my body was manifesting some of the things that was happening that I wrote about that I had never even told anybody until I wrote the book. Mm -hmm. So I was going through all of that, um, but I was also learning remarkable things about myself and my own resiliency and my own strength. And I had some foster care, young adult women in the foster care system come up to me after a speaking engagement and were just bawling. Mm. And one of them said, thank you for sharing our story. And her, her message was really impactful to me that I realized of the half a million children in the foster care system in the United States, they don't feel like oftentimes they have a voice and no one is telling their story. They're really lost in the system. They're likely not adoptable and going to emancipate out of the foster care system and just be put on the streets. Yep. Then we have a whole other issue to talk about, which is within three days, they're probably going to be approached by a trafficker. Their, their outcomes, you know, tend to be dismal and there's a whole other set of issues. So for us really with Christmas box international, if we can help, on the front end, mm-hmm. if we can work with the community and our state systems and our nonprofits, and we can build coalitions around supporting these children when they're first in it, their long-term outcome, regardless of of where they go in the system, by building, you know, those resiliency skills and helping them understand that they still have a voice and they're they get to have a childhood and they don't have to feel like garbage, is a best thing we can do as a society and as a system for these kids. You speak of that resiliency. Let's let's take it up to where we are in the present day of now. Um, I, I, I don't know about you, but the, what I had as a child, I still have fear today. It's never enough. We grew up so poor. We were and, and, and it's it's every it's never enough. And so people go, oh, you're a workaholic today because I'm in fear of going back to there. What about yeah. you? Yeah, I'm the same. I'm the same way. All the things that I, I didn't have then, which is pretty much nothing, became critically important for me to hang on to. So what happens is, you know, you develop. Everybody says, "How how'd you turn out so well?" Well, I mean, considering I I did, 
but there's that constant, um, like you talk about being a workaholic. So for you, you, you work more, Yeah. but there comes a sacrifice with that. Right. But that fear over, overrides what that, mm-hmm. what you're losing. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what happens with, with all of us in those situations. We take whatever has happened to us as a kiddo and we really, we either stay on that path. Right. And we don't change the trajectory or we kind of go overkill and we go to the other extreme, which is probably better than the alternative. But I do think it's important as adults that we are constantly managing our own mental health because of that. Mm-hmm. We're constantly checking in. What are what are all the decisions that I'm making today because of what I went through, not because of what's wrong with me, but because of what I went through. What can I learn from that and continually build my own resiliency skills and, and make me a little bit better. And then a great miracle happens. You are actually making and helping the people around you be that's better. It. That's it. That's it. That's, that's building a community and being able, you know, it's, it's almost like that, that, that right. term, you know, I've been to hell and I'm going to do everything I can to make sure you don't go to hell. And, and, and so, and, and that's, yeah. to me, that's what this book is about. It's been, it's like, I've been there. Let's talk about this. Let's have a conversation. No yelling, just forgiving. Yes forgive and not because it's for that person it's for you why do you want to be chained to those people in those situations that you feel wronged you you don't you don't move forward from that you don't move forward if you can't find any level of gratitude even in the most difficult of situations it that's for you the forgiveness the gratitude the moving forward Mm -hmm. that is to make you the healthiest version of you and then the people that you support and the people that you love and the people around you, you you recognize a difference in them and how valuable they are and, and, and how we're just all creating this more empowering community around each other. But it has to come from us. Yep. I don't I don't get to have the excuse that my life was so bad that that I, I just don't deserve to, to have it be better. I don't deserve to be healthy. I'm just I don't accept that. Wow. Celeste, where can people go to find out more about Christmas Box International and, and to know more about you so that we can share some love with, with, with everything that you're doing with your outreach? Thank you. So um, Amazon is where you find the book or the Audible. I recorded the Audible myself. Um, my website, CelesteEdmonds.com. You learn more about me and our organization and the ChristmasBox.org is our nonprofit. Uh, we've supported 155,000 children in the last 28 years. Wow. So you did the voice on the Audible, huh? What was that experience like? Because all of a sudden it's gone I from did. in your heart to the computer screen, and now you're listening to your voice. <laughs> yeah. So when I thought I was done you know, writing, because now we're publishing and I worked through all that, and okay, I'm ready to have people read new things about me, and my kids are going to read it. So I worked through all that. And then it comes time to two days of recording the Audible, and it was like I was back there. I'm like, oh, this is so much harder than I thought yep. it was going to be. Yep. It, was, it was a lot. It was a lot. I'm not going to lie. Oh my God, Celeste! You got to keep in touch with me because I, I want to help spread the word, and you know, and it starts with conversations like this that we can plant inside people's cars and offices. Thank you, Arrow. I really appreciate you. Well, you be brilliant today, okay? You as well. Keep up the good fight. I appreciate you having me.